Welcome to the show. I'm in my condo where the thermostat reads 25. Back in the Pool Park studio, it's the Duraseal guy, Bob Irving. How are you tonight, Bob? <laughs> I'm okay, Christian. How are you? It's very, it, ni- very nice in here. Uh, Richard cleaned it up nicely, as he always does when he leaves. Is it weird to hear yourself uh, doing ads on the radio, or are you used to that now? Uh, it's not weird. Uh, I've never particularly liked listening to myself, which might strike people as weird. But uh, no, it's not weird. I'm kind of used to it. But I don't so listen don't, to any of the stuff I've oh, done very much because you don't go back and listen to your your uh, calls or anything. You know, I think once is enough, right? You know. Okay. <laughs> You're not. Oh yeah, Actually, that was such a good call, Bob. Yes, more Bob. Yes. Yeah. You know, here, here's the thing, though. Sometimes it's a good idea to listen to your work because then you can sure. recognize some of the things you're doing wrong. And so, I, over the years, I've done that for sure. But uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of listening to the games I've broadcast. You've been doing it long enough now. You know you're good, right? So you don't well, need to re-listen I should, anymore. I should know what I'm doing by now. Whether it <laughs> whether it comes off the way I'd like to every time is another matter. But that applies to just about any line of work, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I I definitely, as an aspiring young broadcaster, for sure. The, you think you you told me after I did play by play once for a, a Bison's game. Listen back to what you did. You yeah. know, here's some pointers. And if you're you know a young broadcaster listening, that's definitely something you could do for sure. Is it's always weird at first listening to yourself on the radio. Yes, it but is. But once you get over that, it's absolutely helpful to review your work. And like you said, reviewing yeah. your work and in the football world, reviewing film, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, and one last quick thought on that. You you get into bad habits of using the same words and, and maybe being redundant, and you don't realize you're doing it until you listen to yourself. And then you go, oh, wait yep. a minute, am I doing that? And then you can correct it, right? Yeah, when I pre-tape interviews, sometimes I'll listen to myself and I think, oh, I said so before almost every question. What am right. I doing? That's Just the kind of thing word. I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what do we got planned tonight, Bob? Well, let's start off with uh, one of the stars of the Bomber playoff run to the Grey Cup Championship last year. And he's a Winnipeg guy, went to Oak Park High School, U of M. Spent a couple of uh, wayward years with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but uh, nobody's perfect, I guess. And then he came home. Nick Dembski, welcome to the show. How you doing? <laughs> good. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Uh, tell us how you're dealing with uh, the world as we see it today. I'm talking about the, the stuff in the U.S., the pandemic, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty crazy since 2020 hit, has hit the calendar. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, I've just kind of been trying to stay positive and, and just, you know, take everything that comes and and uh you know it's it, it definitely is pretty a pretty crazy world right now but you know me my my girlfriend and i we, we got a puppy so she she brings a lot of positivity to the household right now yeah how uh how sort of bummed out have you been over all this nick because you were i'm sure you were looking forward to this season and really just breaking out Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, anytime you come off a championship year, you know, you, you just can't wait to get back. And, and especially with all, uh, you know, all the players coming back, you know, we, we had a pretty consistent roster from, from last year to this year with, with, you know, a couple of missing guys. But, you know, it was just it was just a lot to look forward to. And, uh, you know, as you said, with, with my play as well, you know, I, I feel a lot more comfortable, especially uh, being in the same locker room for, for, for two years straight just you know with the same group of guys so you know i was definitely looking forward to it but you know it's just, it's just something that you just got to take uh take day day by day really are you having any trouble filling your days because normally you'd be in training camp and spending six eight hours a day on football i mean it's it definitely a lot less volume than what i'm used to around this time <laughs> but uh 
you know, I'm still trying to keep busy. I'm still trying to work out and stay in shape and, and, and train and, and go to the field and all that. So, you know, I'm trying to keep myself as busy as possible right now. Christian. Well, you mentioned going to the field. I assume you're in Winnipeg right now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you've been able to actually head to the stadium? Uh, I did a workout in the stadium uh, for, for the first time today, actually. Um, but, you know, I've been going out with uh, with the Bison quarterback, Des, uh, Callaway, and, and a couple other guys. Uh, so, you know, we've we just been getting our workout there uh, at, like, high school fields and, and whatnot around the city. Was it weird to be at the stadium today? It was a little bit weird, you know, especially because it's such a ghost town, you know, like, uh, you know, when you go to the stadium at this at this time of the year, you know, as, as, as Bob was saying earlier, you know, it's training camp time. So just to walk in there and only see, you know, two other faces in there, it was, it was a little bit mind-boggling. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, as I say, you got to take it day by day. You've got a pretty positive outlook and you're usually pretty upbeat, Nick. That, I would think, helps you in times like this. You're just your general outlook, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, as I said, you know, you just got to stay as uh, positive as best as you can, you know, especially with all the negativity going around. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating times, but at the same time, you know, what I like to say is, you know, it could always be worse. And, and you know, I think that's kind of what keeps me going and keeps me motivated. Um, so, yeah, as I said, you know, I just try to be as positive as I can. Sunday, November 10th, it was the West semifinal. The Bombers were trailing 14-8 at the half. And then early in the third quarter, it was Dembski with the rushing touchdown. And the Bombers never looked back. They go on to win 35-14. They go on to win the Great Cup. Do you feel like that touchdown run sparked something in your team that day, Nick? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, any time a big play, you know, that's something that we, we really uh, praised about in the offensive room is just, you know, we want explosion plays. So, you know, I think it was, it was a – you know, 31-yard run, so the explosion play, and, uh, you know, it definitely got the boys going. So, you know, that's that's what I like to do. Yeah, there was another play in that game, Nick, that sticks out for me, and I know it did for Mike O'Shea, too, and you caught a, a short pass, a little swing pass, I think, and you, you fought for yardage, you broke a couple of tackles, and you got the ball close enough so that you could – the Bombers could go for it, uh, I think, on third down. And Mike O'Shea talked about it after the game, and he said just the effort you gave on that play really resonated with him. And it, Would you say the whole team had that kind of extra mindset in that game? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, not, not, not just that game, but the whole playoffs. I mean, you know, I, I know for myself, you know, obviously being from Winnipeg and, and knowing how long it was uh, since the Great Cup championship, you know, I, I just knew that I was going to put everything on the line. And, and that was just kind of, you know, our mantra in, in, in the locker room, you know, do it for the person beside you and, and, and do it for your position group. So, you know, I, I just wanted, to, you know, to take every inch and get every inch that I could in that game and, uh, you know, just play with my heart. Well, and then you went into Regina and you guys must have been sky high and, and feeling really confident going into that game after the big win in Calgary, no? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, and well, you know, I know you know better than anybody else. You know, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. You know that that just brings energy itself. So, you know, we're 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 pumped to go over there. You know, we we went over there the year year before and beat them in the playoffs. So, you know, as a as a semifinal game, you know, we just wanted to go in there and and, and take care of business, and you know, that's what we did. Have you rewatched that game, and in particular that crazy fourth quarter? Oh, I've watched I've watched that fourth quarter at least two times, maybe even three. And and honestly, every time my heart like stops at that exact moment when when you know just before you hear the ding on the goalpost, <laughs> it's crazy. But you know, um, 
you know, that's just the football gods rewarding us for our hard work. That's that's how, that's how I like to think about it. Yeah, and your defense was brilliant there, weren't they? At the end, our defense was crazy. I mean, you know, that that's I take my hat off to them. Any any time in a conversation that game comes up, I take my hat off to them because I mean, two, you know, one one goal line stop is hard enough, but two goal line stops, I mean, that's just. That's just next-level defense right there. Yeah, so before I throw it back to Christian, Nick, I'm curious, did did Mike O'Shea have anything to say before the Grey Cup game uh, that kind of lit a fire? Or I know Mike's a pretty low-key guy, not big on on pregame speeches. Was there anything like that? Just that that we're made for this moment. You know, no no moment's too big enough for us. And, and, uh, I mean, I think our whole locker room believed that as a team. And, I mean, I think our players said it for ourselves as well, so... You know, it was just it was just you know we've been preparing for this all year, and and there's no moment too big for us. And, and yeah, we went out there and we believed in it. and We stuck stuck to it. Just a plain simple message, eh? That's it. Just play fast and play hard and play tough, man. Christian. Well, I just rewatched the Great Cup last weekend, Nick, and it was the first time I'd actually watched the TV broadcast. I was there in person to see it, but the first time I'd watched the TV broadcast, it looked like you were having a blast out there. The line of scrimmage, we've talked a lot about how the battle was won at the line of scrimmage, dominated by your team. And the point was made on the broadcast a lot about you and Andrew Harris coming from the same high school uh, at Oak Park and being here in this moment after almost three decades of the Bombers not winning the Grey Cup. Truly, how much did it mean to you to be someone from this city, grew up playing football in this city, to win a Grey Cup for this city? Yeah, I mean, you know, that that was something that, you know, Andrew and, and even a couple of the other Winnipeg guys were talking about. That I, I, mean, I remember when I first signed in 2018, you know, one of the first conversations Andrew and I had was, you know, that this, you know, Andrew came back for this reason to get a Craig Cup home. And, 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 you know, I said that that's the part of the reason why I'm here, too. So, I mean, to, to do it two years later, I mean, I, I still don't have words for it. You know, I get asked that question all the time. What, what, what did it really mean? But honestly, I mean, you watch that great cup and, and you see Andrew and I running running and, and going crazy and skipping and galloping at the end. And, and I mean, I think that's, that's his emotions all right there. I mean, it was really a, a feeling that, you know, I just can't even explain. It was just, it was just an amazing feeling. You know, the coaches would say to you, okay, that happened last year, put it behind you. We need to focus on this year. Well, you don't have to focus on this year yet because it hasn't arrived, but are you still kind of riding the wave of that great cup win, Nick? Is, is there still a buzz over that? Uh, I mean, for me personally, not really just cause I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get the next year rolling. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm kind of putting last year in, uh, in the back seat, and, you know, obviously I'm proud of it. And, and obviously, you know, it was amazing, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to create a dynasty here. So, I mean, I, w- I want to go back out there and compete for another one. So that's, that's where my mindset's at. We're going to have football in September. Man, I sure hope so. I'm praying, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I honestly, I haven't really heard too much. I haven't really been looking into it t- too much, but I mean, you know, you just got to stay optimistic about it and stay positive, just like everything else that's, that's happening in this world. You just got to stay positive about it. And, uh, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. So, you know, as I said, I'm just praying. Hey, Nick, we appreciate your guesting with us tonight. Thanks very much. And uh, we look forward. We look forward to some football in the fall. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Nick. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, Nick Dembski. Christian O'Mal, Bob Irving, and we are joined by defensive lineman Steve Richardson. They call him Stove. Steve and Stove, they're only one letter apart, but uh, welcome to the show, Steve. Why do they call you Stove again? Uh, they call me Stove from uh, a movie, um, Bridesmaids. Um, there's like this little scene in in the movie, and um, 
the like the main character, uh, she's on a plane, and the flight attendant is named Steve, which is my name, and then she's drunk on the plane, so she thinks the name tag says so. She that's actually where I end up getting it. I thought they gave it to you in the locker room here because you're you're short and kind of wide, but you got it before you came to Winnipeg, eh? Yep, I got it uh, back in college. Okay. Uh, how are you uh, dealing, Steve, with everything that's going on? I know you went to the University of Minnesota. You see what's happening there. Uh, just your thoughts on that before we talk a little football. Um, well, I, I can say that I'm doing all right. Um, obviously, things are tough, and it's just weird. It's a weird, weird time that we live in right now. But, you know, I mean, you just take uh, each day as it comes, and um uh, I mean, you. What's been helping me is really just staying off of media, social media. It's just it just gets draining, and um, this is just it's like almost toxic, you know. So, uh, staying off that and just, um, but also being out there and trying to spread uh, what's going on. Um, but yeah, I'm just doing all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're glad to hear that. Uh, let's go back to last year in training camp, which was about this time, and you signed with the Bombers your first year. And I know the coaches started noticing you right off the bat with your low center of gravity, your strength, and your power. At what point, Steve, did you feel, you know, I got a shot to to be here? Um, I, th- I think when I actually got that feeling was, uh, I think, after the first, pre-game uh your preseason game yeah um i think I, I did pretty well i got uh, my first uh pro sack um some people don't really count it because it's the preseason but it was my first uh pro sack and um i i just really um gained confidence at that point i think my confidence was uh pretty low being let go from the chargers and not really receiving any news um, from any other team, whether that be in NFL or CFL. And so, um, yeah, I got my confidence back once that happened. And then, I mean, the rest is history, you know. Sure. Christian? And then through the season, you play more and more. But part of this incredible lineup, which includes Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, you got Jake Thomas, Drake Nevis, veterans on that line. How much did you soak up? the knowledge from that excellent and veteran front line there? Oh, so much, man. So much. Those guys are great guys. And they're really good to be around. And, like, I never once felt that um, it's like that mentality of, like, somebody's coming in here to take my spot. Like, they were open to teaching me new things and, just really helping me out with the playbook and all kinds of stuff. Uh, they were really great guys all the way down the line. How's the waiting for you now? We're all waiting, Steve, to see what's going to happen with the CFL season. Is is there going to be one? Are you getting antsy? Are you pretty cool with it? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely um, getting a little antsy. Uh, I will say, like, I am enjoying my time off, but this is not, like, really – time off like you can't really do too much you know so um yeah i'm definitely ready to get back out there and play with the guys we still text each other or uh send a little message here and there just checking in but i mean we're all just itching to get back to uh 
playing ball again. Yeah. Well, in reviewing your rookie season, so you, you earn yourself a starting spot. Uh, the team goes on this great playoff run. They win the championship. Could you have written a better script than that for your first year? Uh, no. Um, I mean, I guess we can win a couple more games, but, I mean, we won it all. So, um, I mean, we could, obviously we could still get better, and I think that's the goal for uh, this season. I mean, we didn't, we didn't go undefeated, so – I mean, we still can definitely do better. Was there? Some, I want to ask you this before we let you go. And you, you came up to Canada from the U.S. Was there anything about Canada that struck you last year that uh, surprised you that stuck with you as something positive? Uh, I think. Uh, well, there was a couple things. Um, first, I'll say the the um, competition. I really was shocked about the competition, and I. Um, like I enjoy playing. I really did enjoy playing and all the games. Um, but the second thing was the traveling part. I, I really enjoyed that part going all over to like Vancouver and Montreal, those are places I'd never been, never thought I would be going. So those are the two main things. And I think, um, I mean, those are the things I'll come to enjoy, uh, when we start up again too. Yeah. Well, we hope we're starting up uh, sometime in August. Steve, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. And thanks, look, Steve. look forward to seeing you later this year. No problem at all. Thanks for coming. Welcome back to the program. Bob Irving and I here. And uh, the you're actually going to be sticking around for a few more weeks with me, I understand, Bob. Yes, it was decided today that you and I will continue to work together on the first hour of the show for two more weeks starting next week, Christian. I'm looking forward to that. How about you? Well, if we can stand each other. I mean, it's a tough <laughs> yeah. working environment here. So. I know. We get along very grudgingly, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're trying our best here. Uh, have you ever been to Philadelphia? I have not been to Philadelphia, and I'd love to go. That's one of the – if I had a bucket list of cities to visit, it would be a long list, but I'd love to get to Philadelphia. I have not but uh, I believe that's where our next guest is. Rashid Bailey joins us on the line. Receiver on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You're in Philly, right, Rashid? Yes, sir, I am. I'm here. I'm home in my hometown. And, you know, we just got hit with a little storm just now, so people are a little, you know, shaken up right now, but I'm definitely here. I think shaken up would be one of the ways to describe your whole country Right now, it might be glossing over it a little bit, but what is the scene in Philadelphia right now, both from uh, a protest standpoint and from the coronavirus standpoint? Uh, you know, we've received a, a number of cases in, in coronavirus, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, the protesting, you know, it got it gotten to a point where it was it, it's so close to, to home for me. You know, my family doesn't live in a, you know, a nice, 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 beautiful neighborhood where, you know, you're, you know, where things are, are a little different. So I've got a chance to see things firsthand, you know, of, of the protesting and, and some of the, the looting and some of the things that's going on. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough times, but change is on the horizon. And I think, you know, sometimes throughout disaster, some of the best things happen. And hopefully when the sun, when, when, the, when the storm clears, the sun will shine so bright that we won't even notice all the bad things that are taking place. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we're all hoping, Rashid, that something good will, will come from this, right? Yes, sir. And I, I believe, I strongly believe that God has a plan for all of us. And 
sometimes you got to go through the mess. Sometimes you got to see destruction. Sometimes you got to see some type of, go through some type of pain, go through some type of change in order to see real change. So uh, it's, it's just incredible to watch and see and, and, and be a part of some of the stuff that I've been a part of. Uh, it's been a blessing. I know you're a motivational speaker. Now, during the off season, do you, do you do quite a bit of that? Yes, I've been doing a number of, of speaking. I've been trying to spread my love, my energy, my, my aura, things that I believe in, and helping people just to feel some type of hope when they hear my voice and when I speak and, and share some of the things that I've been through and, and the things that I've overcome. And I strongly, strongly so much believe in that. Our better days are on the way. Well, one of the things you've been through is trying to establish yourself in pro football, and you, you appear to have done that in Winnipeg. Uh, take us back to last year, Rashid. You, you won yourself a starting spot toward the end of the season, and then you were a starter all through the playoffs. That must have been a very satisfying period for you. Very, very satisfying, but there's still so much more work to be done and so much to show the people of Winnipeg and the world for me. And, you know, it's been a long journey, you know, and sometimes you may not reach the places that you want to go, but you're going to be right exactly where you're supposed to be. So for me, it was just never give up. And it was times where things were looking so foggy that the days wasn't, they, they weren't getting any better. You know, I just felt like, like the world was against me, but, it was the, 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 the attitude and, and the everything that I stood for that kept me together, the belief, the, the, the godly spirit that, that moves in me when I speak and when I'm, when I'm doing exactly what I'm doing. It just was – it goes to show you that through anything, you can make it out of it. And sometimes you have to go through things in order for you to see brighter days. So, for me, it was just I had to go through some things to tell a story, to tell somebody about it. And – I'm so grateful that everything that I went through, every, you know, not being a starter, being, you know, helping me see that the team came first and then ultimately playing in that great cup and winning the whole thing and holding the trophy and crying and laughter and happiness. That is what life is. And just to have that feeling was special. You know, when you scored that touchdown in the great cup game, which they took away from you, but when you scored it, the sheer joy that you must have felt, it looked to me like and I saw your face. and you, Relive that moment for us. I waited so long. My teammates waited so long for that moment because everybody knew how much that meant to me. I haven't scored a touchdown since I was in the preseason back in 2015 when I was with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's my hometown. I haven't felt that feeling in so long. So to score that touchdown and for it to be called back, I was literally the only person that could handle that because that was meant for me, even though it didn't count. That goes to show you that I ain't being used for something greater than myself because nobody could have went through that and, and, and still been able to say something positive about it, you know? So I'm just extremely grateful just to have the opportunity just to feel that feeling, but to make me so much more hungrier for the next time. So this year, when it happens, when this year happens, I hope that I can score my first touchdown in Winnipeg Stadium.
it'll be awesome. It'll yeah, be it will be. Christian, I'll let you have the last question before Rashid before we take a break. Yeah, I was watching that Great Cup game on the weekend. I remember see just the how long that review process took back when it happened the first time, and you see, oh, maybe Zach could have got you the ball a little quicker, it hung up there a little bit, and then the ball yeah. kind of wobbled, and you're thinking all these things. When you're sitting there yeah. on the sideline during that delay, and I think the review probably took five or six minutes, what goes through your mind? Uh, you want me to be honest? I'll be yes. completely honest. I didn't, know, I didn't know what was going on. I was still celebrating. I was still living in that moment. No, it was nobody in that stadium that could have took that moment away from me. My mom flew all the way out. My dad, my aunt flew all, flew all the way out from Philadelphia to come see me. When I scored that touchdown, I ran to exactly where they were. And I just, just, I just let them have it. It just felt so good that I didn't even know what was going on until seconds before, and they called it incomplete. And I didn't, still didn't know what was going on. So, you know, it, it was, it was. It, I still have some, some, some animosity towards it, but you know, it may, it, it's, it's making me a better player. It's making me a better man. And it's giving me something to talk about. Well, Rashid, we wish you were here right now getting ready for another Blue Bomber season. We hope that uh, come August, things will have broken to the point where you guys can have a little training camp and play some games in September. So hopefully we'll see you before the summer is over. And thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Rashid. Yes, sir. It was a pleasure to be here. Christian O'Malley and Bob Irving. Uh, you can tell Rashid Bailey's a motivational speaker, right? Yeah, he is something else, <laughs> Christian. Wow. I, I was just talking to Sky Neller, our producer, about him off the air, and he's and that's the real deal. That's Rasheed Bailey. You know, he's a very emotional guy, and he's he's a very religious guy, and he he just lets it pour out when you talk to him, and you got to love that about him. It comes right from the heart. It really does, and. I just love talking to him. We could we could do a whole hour with him oh, some yeah. night. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember when he got uh, the news he was starting for the first time last year. I think you were part of that yes. scrum where he was very emotional, right? Yeah. No, he uh, he wears it on his sleeve. It, it comes right from the heart with him. And it would have been fun to see what he could have done this year because he talked about he got cut by the BC Lions, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the San Diego Chargers, Cleveland Browns, Carolina Panthers, and he shows up at Bomber training camp and was touch and go to make it. And then he had to fight like crazy, really, with Lucky Whitehead to get on the roster yeah. and eventually did. And he's a pretty good player. I mean, there's no question about it. And so whether or not he would have come back this year and, and really taken off, well, we don't know right now. We might find out later. And on that note, let's welcome Steve Milton, who's covered the Canadian Football League for how many years for the Hamilton Spectator, Steve? Oh, boy. Bob <laughs> off and on for 35, I guess. And then before that, uh, sporadically for a little paper north of Toronto uh, called the Aurelia Packet and Times. So yeah. I've, been around, I've been around the league, though. You know, I played for one of the Argos farm teams and back when it was territorial and and, two, and, and actually with the Tiger Cat farm team, too, when it was they, they owned a senior league. So, yeah, I've been around a little bit too long to mention that uh, the story <laughs> you just talked about sounds so CFL, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's, it's a per- <laughs> it was really CFL. Yeah, that's great. And that's that's the one of the glories in this league is that. There isn't a player that comes from uh, from down south that doesn't have a story, yeah. you know, of some kind, like a major story of some kind. Yeah, I've said that many times over the years to people that it's a joy to cover this league because of the characters in it and the backstories that they have to tell. Unbelievable, unbelievable backstories, and we're seeing some pretty present stories. I, I'm not sure about Winnipeg, but uh, there's been a, a few Thai cats who are basically on the front line of the 
Well, the protests uh, in the South, and we wrote about them this week, and, and uh, Speedy Banks is one, and uh, he was there protesting, and then went, was back the next day cleaning up the debris. Yeah. Uh, I... And and then, uh, then a lot of people read Larry Dean's impassioned letter, uh, the middle linebackers and passion letter to uh, the CFL and all of its supporters about, uh, you know, like almost calling on everybody to speak out, right? Do do your duty. I so, haven't seen the Larry Dean letter. I knew about Banks. Tell us more about that. Yeah. Well, uh, Larry, at, at the time that he wrote it, uh, because he's only the only social media that is on his Instagram, but, but I had been talking to him about a couple of things, mostly about what he thought about Speedy and all the players were right behind Speedy all the way for, for what he'd done. And, and, uh, um, uh, Larry then mentioned that he was just in the middle when I talked to him about composing a letter uh, to the CFL. What he didn't know was that the commissioner had just sent out a, 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 a uh, that that missive that he sent out on uh, when was that on uh, uh, Monday, uh, saying you know we support our players, we really support our players, and also said look we've got our own history of problems here, and as a league we have not. We've been far from perfect, which I thought was just a terrific thing for that part of it for for Randy Ambrosi to acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, and so he didn't know about that, and he was calling on the league, really calling out the league and its supporters, guys like and and men and women like the three of us who have a platform to use it, right. to use it for what's right. And uh, it, it's very passionate, and uh, it ends. Look, this has there's no border in this. So it's a cross border. We. Uh, uh, it's the same air that, and, and this is how he ends it, quotes, we can't breathe. It's, it's very strong. Yeah. It's very strong. It's on his Instagram. So, and it's, you know, spec.com has it, uh, not to be to get too uh, parochial about this, but people that want to look at it can look at it there. It's repeated in its full there. So uh, who would have thought, Bob, Christian, that, that we'd be so busy with no actual sports going on. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Well, I think about it every day. I know Christian does, and you do too, Steve. The the world is upside down right now in every respect, and it started with the pandemic, and now the the George Floyd thing, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It's a it's a time we'll never forget. It's sad in so many ways. So Uh, many ways. Yeah, and uh, where it's all going to two things really have come come together on this. I think Uh, clashed, or not clashed, but. In some places, clashed, and in other places, kind of melded together to form something else. And I, I agree with you. It's, it's. I, uh, I don't know that I've seen anything like this in my lifetime. No, oh, no, no, I haven't for sure. Listen, Steve, stick with us. We need to take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, what you see as the future of some football down east before this year is over. Steve Milton of the, well, he works. You're not a full-time Hamilton Spectator employee, but you still write for them, Steve, right? No, I'm still full-time. Oh, are you? I thought you were sort of freelance. uh... No, it just looks like it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back with Steve Milton on the Bomber Hour on the 680 CGOB Sports Show. Before we move on to football, uh, Brandon Alexander, defensive back of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a first-person account on the Blue Bombers website about a time he was pulled over and a really harrowing incident when he was just a teenager. I, I kind of regret, Bob, that we weren't able to ask him these questions last week because he's very eloquent, and yeah. he, we kind of had him on right before it all blew up, but definitely that's something you should go check out if you're listening at home. We're also joined by Steve Milton of the Hamilton Spectators, been covering the CFL for more years than he wants to say. And, Steve, looking at the Grey Cup last year, looking ahead to, to this year, should the Hamilton Tiger Cats still be viewed as maybe the team to beat, not just in the East, but in the whole league, if we actually do get a 2020 season? 
Uh, I would say yes. And that's, I think, what's driving people here completely crazy because they, in, in lots of ways, uh, they're better than they were. I mean, they, I mean, look, Winnipeg was just fabulous in that game. It, it, they're just, it was their time and, and, uh, that they they just did everything they should have. They were completely and utterly ready. And for Hamilton, they'll always regret it. Uh, if if uh, they can no longer be in the, you know, they can't be called the potentially the greatest Hamilton Tiger Cat team of all time now because they didn't win it. And and uh, but they would have been had they won it. And they came back, I think, stronger. And rem- because they they uh, they will now have two quarter. I mean, there's no, nothing to touch their one two depth and quarterback. Assuming that Mazzoli and I talked to him quite a bit. Is 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 healthy by the time any kind of season would get going, and the, any delay, this delay, of course, if they do get going, helps them. But I mean, they they've got a guy that's shown he can be a number one, and a guy who was clearly a number one in the top three, four in the league. So, and then they they they're one, uh, and, and Winnipeg really really exposed this. Uh, the uh, they, I don't, and I said this all year, I didn't know more. I run more people didn't run right up the middle against this team, and now they brought Larry Dean back. Uh, they've strengthened themselves at uh, at uh, wide side linebacker. Uh, now, the, the, one of the problems is all these guys are, you know, in their early 30s. That are it's a tremendous linebacking core. They've got four, 12 of the 14 men who started the Great Cup are back on defense, and I think uh, they lost four of the starters on offense. And uh, if you count the special teams. Special teams as, a, as your returner, your punter, and your kicker, they, they basically lost Hiralahu. Uh, that's, that's the one thing. They, they really thought they, and they have an awful lot of young Canadian depth, really good young Canadian depth. So they had felt they were, had set themselves up for something, something here, and the fans could smell it too, which isn't to say that things can't happen along the line. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty hard to win 15 games. Uh, this is the first time I've been following a team that's won 15 games. I've followed lots of teams that have won two. And uh, they and three and uh, well, you know, I've I've seen a one T. I've seen a one. The only guy in this league that's covered a, a one victory team and a two victory team, uh, I'm sure, because it, the Hamilton's been the only one in modern times that have had one victory. And then then here you go with 15, which is a, is tied for the best ever in the East and uh, w- w- with wins. And uh, you see how hard it is to win 15. Yeah, it's you know, very you, hard. You, yeah. it, it, you know, you could you could win anywhere from twelve to seventeen with the way things went last year, and uh, and I think the same with Winnipeg. You know, they they probably lost some games they should have won and won some games they could have lost, and and uh, no doubt about the final one. Believe me, no doubt there. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, you know maybe they don't win fifteen games coming back this time. But I feel like they had they're even better set up for the playoffs and potential Grey Cup. Steve, we've got a couple of minutes left. Give us your, sure. your thoughts on the landscape down there in the East in terms of the possibility of football in September. And if there, well, whether there is or isn't, is Bob Young, who's been such a great supporter of the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Canadian Football League, is he, mm-hmm. is he in it regardless of what happens? Do you see any wavering on his part over what's going on and what might happen? Not so far. Not so far at all, and and, and uh, you know uh, he's losing out on two fronts here too because he also owns the owns a soccer team. At least he got a championship out of them, uh, and so they're losing potential revenue there and all those kinds of things. I haven't seen that so far. I mean, they, he's a model citizen. Uh, there, there's some interesting and good ownership in this league. Um, I'm sorry that you know we didn't get a chance to see a full season of Montreal developing under the new ownership. Yeah. So I think one of the things that could happen, uh, I mean, it, it, 
there's a lot more cases here uh, in southern Ontario because it's a lot more populated and it's, and the kind of population it's denser. Yep. Uh, and and there's a lot more freedom of movement among the cities. Like the, the cities aren't isolated by any chance. So I would think that if they play, only would they play in the east. I don't know if the hub thing is 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 really potential for for uh, for the CFL. Although Randy is coming around to it. Um, if, before I thought it was maybe 60-40 they were going to play. I, I'm a little more 50-50 and 40-60 against that they're going to play at all this year, uh, you know, but uh, because it's been a little slow here on some parts of the recovery, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that, that some of the teams are going to be able to get back in. It's going to be a problem in Toronto. I don't see them being able to play uh, much there until geez, if, in, in September. So do you find a hub in the East? It's more likely the hub is probably going to be somewhere in the West, your, your place or, uh, and maybe, and perhaps Edmonton, but then you've got big travel costs. Yeah, well, there's lots to talk about the hub, and I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't see how that can work, Steve. But look, we're out of time. I don't either. Yeah. Not without money. No, uh, we're out of time. Let's do this again. We appreciate It's guys like you, Steve, that make these shows work, and we appreciate your time and your expertise. Thanks very much. Thanks, Steve. Well, thanks for your consistency, you two.